Welcome to the Inner Dominatrix Podcast, the show that gets you stepping into your bold, sexy, fun-filled life. And today, I have a very lovely Sarah McVannell. Sarah, I have known through the CAPS Association, which is the Canadian Professional Association of Speakers. And Sarah, to me, is this very authentic, genuine woman. And to me, that she embodies this piece of feminine energy. And I wanted you to meet her because, you know, she's such a genuine, caring person and she brings enthusiasm to what she does. And I'm going to turn the mic over. And Sarah, if you want to just give me like a quick 60 seconds and sum up what your business is about, how you help people. Awesome. And that is, by the way, hands down, the best introduction I've ever had in my life. So thank you, Dana. I actually help leaders in organizations to retain their top talent so that they can not only sustain that amazing pipeline of, of great folks that are their competitive advantage today, but also so that they can delight their customers, so that they can contribute to a better world and act on their, their deep passion around social responsibility And of course, be really economically viable so that these great places to work continue to shine and stay in business. Mm. That's what I love to do. I love it. I love it. You have, you have so much enthusiasm for what you're doing, Mm -hmm. Um, but you have not always been an entrepreneur. That's Uh, true. That is true. So last couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. Not that long ago. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? When you love what you do, as I'm sure many of the people in this podcast have experienced, it doesn't take long to be successful because you put out success energy in other Mm. aspects of your life. And then people just want to do business with you when you go out on your own. My background actually is psychology, family therapy. I wanted to be a psychologist, but to your point around authenticity, it didn't feel authentic to me because I would be asked to be the expert in people's lives. And I realized at the tender age of 23, when I graduated from school, I would perhaps not be an expert in my own life yet, let alone be able to (laughs) tell anybody else what to do. So I worked for a few years in frontline child protection, and then I got into what was really my passion. Interestingly enough, into healthcare, but what I was doing though was I was an educator. So I was supporting the support staff, the caregiving staff, even the physician group to be able to communicate more effectively, work better as teams, to be able to assert themselves and also provide great care because they were really solid in themselves. So I spent actually 15, almost 15 years growing in that field and ended up leaving a senior leadership role. I was at more of an administrative level by the time I finished my career in healthcare. And I was just ready to be able to reach a broader audience base of industries because I knew the successes that we had had in healthcare of helping people see and recognize their greatness was needed in every industry. Mm-hmm. So that's what I've been uh, doing for the last two years. Wow. Now, I know the story a little bit, but I want you to tell the listeners, you made that transition and and you kind of skimmed over it when you were talking Mm -hmm. about this, Mm -hmm. but I want to bring you back to this in that you left a high paying job Mm -hmm. and you went out into something that's unknown. Mm Yeah. Yeah. Much to my parents' horror because, of course, interestingly enough, they were entrepreneurs and they didn't want us to have quite such a a hard, bumpy path. But, Mm. you know, one thing that I can say before I tell you my story is my husband and I work very hard to have a very solid foundation first. We don't have debt. We don't have a mortgage. We own our cars. We're at a stable footing. So 
for one thing, get fear out of the way by being stable. And that's just, you know, unsolicited advice. That's, I'll just have to say that's one of the ways I can be bold. Mm-hmm. But here's the, here's the purpose mission behind why I made that move when I did. Um, when I was working in that senior leadership role, as, as I'm sure many people can relate, because I'm sure the entrepreneurs who listen to your podcast have also had those, those high responsibility jobs. You work for every penny for that high paycheck that you, you get. I had my BlackBerry beside my bed 24-7 unless I was on vacation. And frankly, the only reason why I didn't take it with me was because I put the line in the sand. My family actually gets my time and energy for this four weeks a year. Mm. You know, I was responsible if there was any crisis in the organization, if there was stress, if, if one of my coaching clients needed me right away. And so I could never get away from work. Well, that was really playing its toll, not only in terms of being able to spend quality time with my husband and certainly my wellness, but also I had a son who at four was diagnosed with ADHD, learning disabilities and anxiety, which is very young to have such a clear diagnosis. Mm -hmm. And we had been trying to support him along the way. And because he's very sensitive, if he cried, he'd get bullied and he'd get taunted. And there were some very serious bully incidents that I brought forward to the school and it just was not paid attention to. And I tried to be not a helicopter parent because I knew that that was not going to work, <laughs> but to be a, just to try to be a partner. I tried to do the things that worked in my workplace with the school and nothing worked. Wow. And so one day when he came home and he showed me his arms and there were cuts up and down them with a paperclip that he had managed to unfold and use as a tool, I realized, okay, this is one of those, Vince uh, Persetti, who's a wonderful speaker, he talks about it as a soul tap. That was my soul tap for something needed to change. So we sold our house, our cottage. We moved to, bought a beautiful place in the country on the water in Niagara wine country. Kept the kids. Those were important. Kept the kids. (laughs) kept the cars, need to get around. But we decided to take all of that equity to be able to be mortgage-free and we start my business and go from a place of passion, which I didn't even realize I wasn't passionate about my job anymore until I was aware of this. And I have to say, my son is doing really, really well. I'm, I'm actually really enjoying this teenage phase. People kept telling me, Enjoy it while it lasts when your little your kids are screaming in the in the uh, grocery style <laughs> yeah. store aisles and I think what's to enjoy about this phase? We're in the sweet spot now. And my daughter, she's a competitive gymnast who so actually have time to get her to competitions. And nothing is perfect, but yeah. man, is it healthy? I will take healthy over perfect any day. That was my soul tap to be able to step into that life. What I hear in that is that you didn't let the money be the piece that drove you as to what you would choose to do. And I had some powerful people in my life, powerful as in showing up, not with authority power, but powers and standing for me power. Mm. Um, An amazing woman I met, I was doing a speaking engagement at a conference with this incredible woman. Her name is Kim Shepard. And she launched this great company called Decision Toolbox where it's a recruitment firm and it's all virtual so that every employee has amazing quality of life. And we met at this conference and we instantly connected, just like I instantly connected with you. And (laughs) and we went and had dinner spontaneously. And she asked me, what do you most want to do? Where where are you going to be in two years? And I burst out crying. 
Oh. And uh, that was unexpected and fairly awkward. <laughs> and, and she just dug in with me and she just stood for me and she said, you know what? I really believe you don't need all this debt. You don't need that title. You don't need what you're doing right now. What you need is to follow your gifts and your passions because when you can do that, now you can make way for your son who's struggling right now to find his. I mean, I have goosebumps just recalling it to you. Wow. That was again, one of those soul tap moments, meeting yeah. her and her standing for that. Because most of my career and including my schooling career, people had been telling me what I needed to do and what was expected of me. And I'm a pleaser. I thought that was my job was yeah. to live into their expectations. Yeah. And I loved pleasing people. And it's not like it, what I was doing was a bad thing. It was, it was what society valued and respected. But then I realized there's a whole other side, a whole other possibility that I had been ignoring and that actually that may be my next act. That may be my next thing that I need to do. And within less than two years, my business was able to make what I used to make after taxes of my last rule. And not only that, because I'm an incorporated business, we've had lots of opportunities to be able to benefit from being mm -hmm. an independent business as well as a family that we didn't do before when I was working. So I think we can't be afraid to make those tough choices. A great author in this field is Margie Worrell. I don't know, Dana, if you've read some of her stuff. She's a, she's a dynamo. She's written Stop Playing Safe. That was my Bible when I was making my transition. She's written a book called Courage, another book called Brave. And is a really cool one to watch because she is 100% committed to help people stepping into their brave place, which is their best place, as opposed to just playing it safe. Yes. It sounds like something I should definitely check out because mm -hmm. she's right in line with all the things that I love to teach people as well. This yeah. Is, yeah. She'd be a great future, future guest for sure. I'll connect you. Ooh, yeah. Mm -hmm. You're, you're like a connector of magnitude. I, like, I love really. to do that. Yeah. yeah. That was, that was one of those things. When you step into your greatness, you realize that there's so much more depth to your greatness than you, that you didn't even realize existed. And I was speaking with somebody yesterday and I realized, I think one of my aspects of greatness is that I'm a possibility savant that mm -hmm. I can hear somebody speak for one minute and I can hear the biggest version of that possibility. And wow. yeah. And that's, that is an honor to have that gift. And it's sometimes very overwhelming. When <laughs> I, uh, now I've had to offer, I think I can see a possibility you're cultivating. May I share it? So that somebody's not like, whoa, <laughs> that's overwhelming. As I say this two years ago, I would have said, this made some kind of excuse for, oh, I hope I don't sound like I'm not humble. Mm -hmm. I hope this sound like I'm bragging. The heck with that. We're all so freaking fantastic. Yeah. We should be acknowledging it. And absolutely with that, right? Yeah. I'll be great and talking about it. Yeah. And, and I have like, uh, that's one of my main themes is, you know, owning your brilliance, mm -hmm. owning what you're really good at. And it, it doesn't have to be that pompous kind of, you know, pumping your chest kind of thing. And, and I hope that people listening can feel this when you talk about what you're good at. It's just a really beautiful owning the power, owning who you are. And it's nothing, it doesn't put anybody else down, but you are completely claiming it. I mm -hmm. love that about you. 
I love when people are taking steps to claiming it too, you know? Mm-hmm. So I talk about these kind of these big leaps that I've made. I've talked but about. But you've also said that it took you two years. Right, exactly. So it's, it's, you know, that's a chunk of time. It is. It is. And how can people give themselves the self-compassion mm-hmm. and the, the, the space to be able to cultivate it and build it over time? And that's something that I think that we really also need to support as not just as women, but as, as a, a group of professionals in whatever, whatever industry we're in is how do we find ways to stretch where we are and not just look at the grass is greener on the other side or when I, when yeah. I finally go out on my own, yeah. I hired a VA uh, last year and she's a dynamo rock star and she's cultivated a whole new possibility by realizing just what a rock star she is, that she's going to be in business for herself within less than six months. Wow. And, yeah. So she's, but she's doing it in stages and yeah. she's and it's giving her the fortitude to just be ready to bam, turn the switch and be electric. Yeah. And, you know, that can be so powerful for people when they're in business to, you know, to have a backup plan, build your business on the side. I mean, I, for me, I, I just recently sold my other business, which was a massage supply outlet. And so I've been building this coaching business. Well, I've been working with clients for the last 25 years, but I've been specifically building under the coaching model for the last two and a half, three years. Mm-hmm. Right. And, but I've been doing it on the side. Yes. And so, you know, it's just like you, it's like, okay, get that base in place. Mm-hmm. And that's the same thing. I feel like I've got the ability to launch from that. Mm-hmm. And it's so nice when people can, you know, be gentle with themselves. Mm-hmm. And people, don't you find that there's a different energy that people are drawn to when there's a gentleness with ourselves? Absolutely. It's kind of that pull rather than push strategy. Yeah. If I'm, if I'm allowing to myself to absorb what's in my environment, the people around it, be really present with them. Like I'm genuinely interested in what's going on in your world, in your business. Not a lot of people are 100% present in those conversations for mm-hmm. one thing, or even in their own life, but or oh, yeah. in those conversations, but also how often do you speak with somebody who is completely and utterly fascinated with whatever you're saying that it allows you to get passionate. I mean, you know, if I'm a gas fitter, but I love to do that, even if I have no idea what I just randomly came up with gas fitter, I truly don't know (laughs) what they do, but if that's what you love to do and you're really good at it and your, your service is excellent and your quality is fantastic. I could get into that conversation and get really curious and I want to know more about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even have to know what you do or why you love it. I just have to be interested. And that cultivates a huge potential to build relationships very, very quickly. Absolutely. So that's one of the things I think that we, we can use in terms of that slow and go gently, whether we're in our business already or we're growing it is to be so fascinated and curious about the people that we run into because mm-hmm. you never know when there's a lesson there you need to learn, when there's that person's going to be your best advice, when, when they've got a contact for you, when they're going to inspire you, when you're doubt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you never know. You never yeah. know. And I love the fact that you've, you pointed out about being 100% present. Mm-hmm. That's when you can, you drop into the moment and you will get curious. Mm-hmm. You're sitting in your, in your brain and in your head, you're, you're not connected to your body. It's really hard to find those questions that you want to ask. You start 
thinking in terms of, well, what should I ask? And you're usually thinking of those while the other person's talking. Yes. And you completely miss the brilliance. And if we're thinking, what is the next thing I'm going to say so that I'm brilliant? <laughs> well, that's about me, not them. Right. <laughs> and I know you have got a very good authenticity radar. You can really spot when somebody's been being inauthentic. Absolutely. And everybody has that to some extent. So by showing up with a curiosity, authentic curiosity, and to be in service of others, people can tell that. And when not everybody does it, not that they can't, it's just, <laughs> you know, they may, they may not be feeling very resourceful. They may not have realized that this is important. There's a whole range of reasons. But when you're the person who does, you may have no idea how important it is to that person at that moment, right? Mm -hmm. I'm sure we've all had experiences where we've spoken with somebody and we've touched them somehow. And it's like, what, why was that so impactful? It was for them. And that's all that matters. I remember listening to uh, Laura Gisborne. She's another one that will get really present with people. And, and she said, you know, she gets on the plane and it's usually anywhere from seven seconds to seven minutes before the person that she's sitting beside starts crying because she is so present and connected and they haven't had that for maybe ever. Right. And, and it just cracks their heart open. And, they, and, the, and now they're like weeping because, and not in a like, oh my God, I'm going to die kind of right. weeping, but I'm traumatized. All traumatized. Over it. No, not traumatized. Not therapy on the plane. Yeah. But it's more like a relief. It's like, yeah. oh, I'm mm -hmm. finally heard. Mm -hmm. Like that is, that is changing the world. Yeah. Well, and, and another person that does this really well is Stuart Knight. Oh, And yes. he came and spoke for our CAPS meeting last uh, yeah. January. Yeah. And he talks about within three questions, you could be having a truly meaningful conversation that you're getting to the heart of something incredibly important to that person. We all have three questions that we could get to. You know, there's enough time that in all of our busy days to have a five minute conversation where we can get to some level of depth. And he talks about how that's a game changer in life mm -hmm. and business because people will remember you. They'll remember that you asked them about their, you know, your son and your son just happens to be struggling in university. And then you ask the next question that really just sort of twigs something for them, or you're able to offer us an idea or a contact or whatever. And, isn't that better than talking about the weather? <laughs> yes. And, and I love, like for me, again, you know, because I can really read people. And so for me, listening to Stuart Knight was a delight on multiple levels. Not as the only as he entertaining, because he, mm -hmm. he really engages a lot of body movement in his talk. And mm -hmm. he, he does have some funny stories, but he is so present in his body mm -hmm. that it was it was easy on me like when I listen to speakers who are not in their body for me like I kinesthetically feel yeah what's going on in other people's bodies so if they haven't worked out their stuff it's like yeah. uncomfortable for me to listen but he was a delight and he's someone who not only talks about it from stage but he lives it mm -hmm. and that's really the key thing since I transitioned into this new new life, and when I say new life, it's not just work and running my own business. It's we're physically we live in a completely different, not only community, but we're on the water. We used to live in a subdivision. We have property. We didn't have, we were on a postage stamp before. Like there's lots of things that are very different. 
And you, we've surrounded ourselves with opportunities to be present. Our struct, our schedules are different so that we're mm. available to each other. You know, when the kids are at their activities, we make sure that one of us, if not both of us are showing up and we're watching and participating at least some of it. My daughter goes to gymnastics competition. We try to extend it and make it an outing. So she's going to Connecticut next month. Well, New York just happens to be, uh, you know, an hour away. We're going, and we're going to be present in New York. Oh yes, sister, we're going to be present. But you know, but that's but that's the thing is, how can we be if we can't be present for the most important people in our lives? Yeah, it will be completely inauthentic or out of alignment to be p- completely present for the people who don't matter to us yet. Right. Yeah. So if I'm showing up really present and working really hard to be present for my clients, and yet I had the worst fight for the last week with my teenager, I got to clean up that stuff with my teenager and, and get that. And I'm not saying that's easy, but how do we, how, how can we do one thing in one aspect of our life and expect to be authentic in the other side? Yeah. So that's one of the things I hope people get from this conversation is what's working in your life, what's not, and what's one small step to clean up something that's not working, that's a roadblock to you being fully present and want to be present in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's always one small thing we can do. And I, and life is not easy. It's complicated. I, so I'm not saying that this is, this is, you know, pick the biggest thing or you know, if there's, there's lots of things that are beyond our control that are negatively impacting our lives. And there's lots of things we can choose to be, how we can show up in those circumstances that can be, that can be a game changer in our resourcefulness. For sure. And, and, you know, I find, I don't know for you, do you find that by being present, the stuff that we would label as negative or Mm. we prefer not to have, that it's easier to manage that? Yes. Ah, you see, you're just so good. I just thought it was really cool that we could offer your listeners. Yay! So if you find that you're describing a situation in a way that's making you feel stuck, it's negative, it's blocking you, be really curious about that word. So for example, I just said it's, it can be hard. So what's another word for hard? It can be challenging. It can be creative. It can be invigorating. It can be learning. It can be different. So what, if we change the word, we can change our lens and our resourcefulness in being able to address that thing. So it's a solution-focused approach is how I write my books with, with my co-author, Brenda Salterminden, who's a, just a rock star. Mm. Uh, she was a therapist for 25 years supporting at-risk kids and, and youth. And then she worked in, you know, moved into the work that I was doing, which is supporting teams to be able to recalibrate themselves so that they're their best. And when we write our books, we bring all that experience of helping people get unstuck. And the power of language is so huge. Just like if I said the power of language is oh so okay, which <laughs> one do you want to have a conversation about, right? Yeah. So picking our picking our words, picking our language, and choosing choosing which way in which we're going to describe something that we're dealing with positive or not so positive and mm-hmm. can, can help with a, with just that little tiny shift to maybe be the thing that builds a bit of momentum or creativity around it. Yeah. It's interesting because in the work that I've done with people, it's to take away the word pain or struggle and to label it as an intensity. 
Mm, because intensity, that. yeah, intensity for people has like zero charge. Right. And, and we don't, because and then you can't, like, it's really hard to kind of, you know, nail that down. Oh, it's an intensity. And you're like, yeah, it's an intensity. And, you know, like, yeah. for me, it neutralizes it. And to, and to give it some, some parameters, we can say, so on a scale of 10 to 1, with 10 being the most intense experience or feeling you've ever had, and zero where there is no intensity at all, where are you now? Mm-hmm. And so, where do you, so if I'm a 6, are you okay with a 6? No, I want to be a 4. Or no, I want to be an 8. Okay, so what's the difference between a 6 and an 8? Yeah. And so it's just, it's asking people to step into their own resourcefulness and their own appreciation of what works for them because it's there already. And, and so we've just unlocked now it's, it's a pain is something I can't deal with. It's too hard shifting mm-hmm. it to an intensity. And now we can talk, discuss it right. and somebody can figure out what am I going to do about that? And you can measure it. Right. Right, exactly. And we can say, okay, are we sliding up the scale or down the scale? And which direction do we want to go? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Awesome. I'm going to use that if you're Absolutely. Okay yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a sharing and a collaboration for sure. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. Very awesome. cool. Okay. So you know, before we wrap up, I mean, we have a few more minutes, but was there anything else that you really wanted to have? You know, you've got a desire that you want to share mm-hmm. with the audience. Yeah. So as an expert in recognition, um, the firm believer, and this is validated by a lot of research. So uh, not only from the positive psychology field, which continues to grow in leaps and bounds every day, Mm. when we look at organizations and their engagement surveys, uh, in fact, I work with a Canadian company to, to mine their quarter of a million engagement survey data points to try to figure out what's the difference between those high-performing companies where people are very satisfied and ones that are sort of the bottom of, of the heap and people are just fleeing like, like it's <laughs> on fire, you know? Yeah. And, and we see that there's a dramatic difference in engagement and people being able to bring their ideas and continuous improvements, um, innovations, and trust in leadership and the people around them and respect and satisfaction. So, you know, I just, I want to share with folks that we can all do something about that. So even if you are currently working in an organization, you're not yet that entrepreneur, if that's where you want to be, or if you work, if you, if it is your own business, that that's an important thing to figure out where, where can I move the needle in recognizing top talent and recognizing people even when they're not performing at their best, because there's always something that somebody's contributing. There's always some potential that perhaps they're not able to bring yet or don't feel empowered to bring yet. How can I recognize that? And here's the other piece, because that's, you know, kind of at at an organizational level. The most important place to start is within ourselves. And this is not just motherhood and apple pie. There is evidence to this. And I'm sure we've all experienced when I'm in a good place, when I'm, you know, when I'm able to go out there in the world and I can say, you know what, I'm good at my job or I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm a good mom. You know, my, I'm, I'm, enjo- I'm satisfied with what I've been able to contribute to my community. Um, I'm performing well in school, whatever, wherever you are in life or have been in life, when you're able to come from that place, 
you can notice other people doing well mm-hmm. or be able to support them. And if, so in the school example, school may not be easy to me, but I'm working really hard and I'm feeling good about, about how I'm working. I notice this person struggling. Would you like to join my study group is more likely to happen or to acknowledge them like, wow, you see how far you've come along. I remember you in the first class. You didn't say a thing. And now you're contributing. I know you're finding it hard mm-hmm. on the test, but you're contributing. Do you realize that people don't realize their own progression and their own markers of success. So if nothing else, one of the way in which we can be most successful in this world is to stand and recognize our own greatness, however small it needs to be each and every day, because not only will we be more successful and continue to, to cultivate those things that we've acknowledged in ourselves, but we're also going to be able to notice it. It's a natural, organic next step that happens when we see our own greatness and find a way to acknowledge somebody. If you're not doing this already, do make sure you do it. Do more of it when you already are doing this. Acknowledge people when you see it. Don't let the moment pass you by, whether it's a a server or a clerk, they don't get enough recognition. Mm. Please recognition, recognize them. If it's your boss, if it's your, you know, your most challenging client, if it's your neighbor, recognize something in the moment, even if it's very, very small and be really curious about the reaction you're going to get because it is probably going to be unexpected and recognition is even more powerful when it's surprising. It's at least it's actually exponentially increases the power of that recognition. I encourage people embrace the Uber power you have to use recognition as a key vehicle to your own personal success and business success, your relationship building and deepening and strengthening, and your ability to impact your community in ways that are, you know, sometimes we have no idea perhaps ever, or we may not even realize it for years to come. Wow. That's my best hope. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. I I love that. That is, you know, some great nuggets for everybody. And, um, and of course, you know, if people are looking to get in touch with you, how can they find you? Well, uh, you're welcome to visit my website, greatnessmagnified.com. As a speaker, you can also check me out if you do a search on e-speakers. And I would just, I would love to have folks be able to get a, a dose of greatness every week. You're welcome to sign up for my newsletter, which is on my website, uh, greatnessmagnified.com. And if there's something that I could do in terms of helping you get unstuck, help you unlock something, um, you can, uh, you're welcome to jump into my calendar as well. So pop me an email, Sarah with an H at greatnessmagnified.com. When I respond back to you, you'll see at the bottom of my email signature that you can jump right into my calendar. Let's have a 15 minute chat and see if I can support you in some way. Oh, that is very generous of you, Sarah. You know, you're opening yourself up to a flood of emails. (laughs) Well, that's okay. That is good. And you know, one, one way that a lot of folks have found some value is that I have a program called 52 weeks of greatness where every week we released a new aspect of greatness and the community of people who show up to that program. I just, I launched it uh, my very first one, January 1st of 2017 with only three weeks beforehand notice We have 24 people in the program, and since two organizations have decided to bring it forward to Mm -hmm. 
into their, their organization. Yeah. So I think we're seeing a big theme in 2017 of going from good to great. Nice. And, uh, and if I'm going to be releasing another, um, whole cohort of folks, uh, in another couple months too. So if you're curious about it, it's under the, uh, the coaching section of my website. Um, but you know, it just, it's, that's a great example where whatever gifts you have to add to the world and can contribute, there's a whole range of mediums in which you can do that. So um, if, if people are curious about it, you know, feel free to jump in, let me know by sending me an email or checking that out online. Um, and if that's not for you, but there's a, but if you have an idea about something that needs to be in that program, Hey, just <laughs> away because I've got my 52 weeks plan, but I am not above changing it for a better idea. So that, that's Absolutely. great. Mm-hmm. Uh. Sarah, thank you so much for joining me. It's it's always a pleasure to hang out and chat with you because I just, I love your energy. I love just, you know, just being with you and, you know, having that energy exchange. I love your energy too, Dana. (laughs) Anyone who meets you instantly adores you. So yeah, keep being you too. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Inner Dominatrix. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to tell your friends. And for more, join the Facebook group, Access Your Inner Dominatrix. Till next time, have fun.